Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. What the what could they possibly be? What could they possibly be? We are in a better mood than I think anyone expected today. Yeah. Any objections? No. I I was not expecting to wake up feeling as refreshed as I am (laughs) coming to you today. I'm jealous. You, you, you had the privilege of observing uh, these midterm elections on a West Coast time zone, which is I definitely did. the superior time zone. I knew I went to sleep, and then like 30 minutes after I went to sleep, they called Pennsylvania, and I missed my window to post my little my little thing on Instagram. But you know, yeah, it was kind of nice to be like. I, I remember when I was watching. I watched when they called Pennsylvania, and Fetterman was like. It's 2 a.m. or whatever. And I was like, oh, right, it is 2 a.m. Because I've also been out here for enough, like for 10 days. So I'm like, re- I'm acclimated to the West Coast timeline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was ready to be oh. up and watching. And it was a sight to see. It's favored. Maybe next cycle I can get Betches to just fly me to like Palm Springs or something to like yes. have like an election week summit just, mm-hmm. just to cover it, to cover it from there. Last night across the country, news anchors and pundits searched for new ways to say, not a wave. This is one of my favorite parts of last night, just watching mm-hmm. watching pundits yes. be like, it's like a, it's a, it's a gentle rip, riptide. It's a dried creek. It's a, yeah. it's a, light a, it's trickle, a puddle. <laughs> right. A dropping, a, a leaky faucet. <laughs> right. I think right. my favorite was when someone said it was a light spotting. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I think I'm calling it the red wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did see you a lot of need... tampon metaphors. Yeah, you and just memes need a light panty liner today for this exactly. one. You don't need much. And of course, you know, I'm trying not to be super. Here's where we're at. I mean, if if you are just tuning in now, you could be forgiven for wondering why we're feeling positive or optimistic. Right now, things are still very much up in the air. The Senate, we don't know uh, who it's going to go to in the House. We don't know who it's going to go to. But that is is actually amazing. That is why we are so thrilled. That is not what anyone was forecasting, except honestly, we were right about so fucking much. I am glad I said all of it on a mic. It is all mm-hmm. on record saying it is abortion stupid. Basically the outcome. There's yeah. so much to discuss today. And as much as I want to break down all of the results and get all the information, I, I also just want to like gab about it and maximize our time for analysis. I don't want to just like chatter, but I know all of our listeners, like if you are elated about something today or you are devastated about something today and we don't mention it on the show, we're still thinking about you. Like I, I know there are people in yeah. places that they're bummed out 
obviously Texas and Ohio Florida. And, and Georgia, Florida, Florida. places I'm going to fail to mention there. Not everything was a bright spot. And like, there's a lot of people that worked a lot of hard, really hard and aren't feeling amazing about their results today. And we there's going to be lots of time to look over that. We got to do like, maybe we got to do a Florida week soon. <laughs> Just <laughs> dive in there. Yes. <laughs> Get it sponsored by, Ooh, what if we, what if we pitched that angle for our show? We just dedicated certain state weeks and maybe the tourism board could could sponsor yeah. us. Yeah. I don't know if Florida is going to bring is if is going to go for that. Not, not now, no, not now. <laughs> probably not. Um But you know, but- be- before I just sort of get into I think we will naturally get into uh you know detailing the facts of where we are at midday on Wednesday. But like Elise, general, we'll start with you. General reactions and feelings this morning after election night. Um, you know, I went into yesterday feeling really, really anxious. Um, I, you know, I had gone back and forth. I feel like the polls had been pretty bleak for the past like week or so, but I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent convinced by them, but I did think, I don't know. I thought there was a real possibility it would just flip Republican And they would get a bunch of gains. I was expecting to see the House be at least fully called for them by last night. Um, So I uh, and and I was a little worried with the way the media has been portraying the Fetterman Oz race in the past like week since the debate, you know, and like showing that all these polls had closed. I was really nervous and I felt like pretty quickly we started getting. I felt like very quickly it started to feel like, oh, this isn't actually uh, what was being predicted at all. And um, it's really, really exciting to see. For me, the thing that's excited me the most is that like Democratic initiatives, ballot measures did extremely, extremely well. Abortion, as we've already said. Abortion access won across in the board in in states like in state after state. Abortion access Montana, won across the yeah. board. Um, there are some election deniers who won, which is shitty. But a lot of the ones in places where it really mattered have lost, or those races have not are really, 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 really still close. So, um, I don't know. It it made me feel like. For the first time, I wasn't living in this bizarro world where people don't care that democracy is under siege and people don't care that a woman's right to choose has been taken away. Like I got to see like, oh, people actually do care. And a lot of the Republican pickups and the Republican seats were in places that they were drawn to win. Mm -hmm. And a lot of places Mm -hmm. where these issues actually were on the ballot legitimately, um, what I see as sense and reason won the day. So I'm feeling more optimistic about the state of things than I have in a long time. I am absolutely elated. I mean, I cannot express how joyful I am. And I say this as somebody who like studies political history in this country. Mm-hmm. And also <laughs> like, you know, like I really thought, well, for, first I want to say I was a little bit more optimistic then maybe I had any right to, and I wanted to keep it really, really quiet because nothing's more embarrassing than being excited mm-hmm. now. Um, exactly. Cringe. Nothing is worse than being in an earnest uh, little love bucket. So I was like a very against the entire concept of saying as much. Um, but I was really thinking about 
to be my nerd self for a sec, uh, 1858 and the uh, first midterm after uh, the Dred Scott decision. And it just became really, really, really clear to the country at that point, back in very different circumstances. But like, people do not like being usurped. You know, when you tell them that like, oh, your your vote doesn't matter. We're going to do what we want anyway. Mm-hmm. We're a small minority, but we've rigged the system in our favor. People really hate that. I, I have no idea why a country that rebelled against kings would be super against Random be a random coterie of small people deciding that they're going to make decisions over your decision, whatever you feel. Um, but that really came through, and that was so exciting for me to see that the country had responded in this way that said, like, actually, we don't agree with you. Actually, you're not a majority. Actually, it's not so obvious. And there was everything was stacked against Democrats. The entire media narrative was all about crime is all about, you know, oh, are you, can you get, you know, um, you're so poor, even though you're spending (laughs) the same that you always are and going on vacation, you're so poor. Yeah. Inflation is happening and Joe Biden's underwater. And there's just, we are fortunate at this moment to be able to see that despite all of the narratives, the spending absolutely grotesque all against Democrats. The ground game, in many places, it was a lot weaker than we thought it was going to be. And yet, still, Democrats came through. The ballot initiatives, I got to agree with Elise, like, that, that's the huge turnaround. And I want to talk about state houses. We picked up state houses again. Michigan, Minnesota, <laughs> Wisconsin. Michigan. We prevented a supermajority in North Carolina, which means that the veto pen is still strong. We possibly have split government in Pennsylvania. These are huge things with the stupid, you know, Supreme Court's going to rule on this independent state legislature theory. And we actually have in several of the major states that they were going to plot in. Democratic majorities and Democratic governors who can fuck with these plans to push electoral slates to Republicans, regardless of what happens in the state. This is a it, it's a huge firewall. I'm very aggressive right now. I feel like we should <laughs> use the Georgia runoff to start talking about what the Democratic Senate majority is going to do mm-hmm. and put pressure on the Republican caucus to split them as they struggle with the Trump or DeSantis question, which I, to it's like choosing between a turd burger <laughs> and a cut glass of macaroni. <laughs> we all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes... But beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. 
They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash fever dream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash fever dream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash fever dream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Speaking of the runoff, let's start with the national outlook um, with regard to the Senate. So as of our recording, we're waiting for actually now two main Senate races to be called, sort of three. Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia. What's been in play today since I woke up at least were Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, and Wisconsin. So Wisconsin was recently called for Ron Johnson. I don't understand this state because Tony Evers won. Their other one is Tammy fucking Baldwin, who's like one of the coolest senators. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there, but I don't know what happened there. Democrats need to win two of the remaining of Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia. So Georgia, a couple outlets have called, will definitely go to a runoff. Arizona, to me, is looking really good for Mark Kelly. Nevada looks scary right now because Cortez Masto is behind by a few points, but I believe they're still waiting on votes from Clark County, which is a Democratic stronghold. Elise and I were chatting before the show. There's, there's just something about the way that the votes are counted. They have been cautioning that it will take a minute, um, but there's a lot of uneasiness around that. So it looks like, you know, tonight, if if today or this week, Cortez Masto and Kelly both win, Democrats will have maintained a 50-seat majority, correct? Yes. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Or you're, is it like 50-50 and then we need to decide And then we need to decide Georgia. with Georgia. Then, then, then again, numbers, again it c- will come back to Georgia. But like that seems like it's a very likely course. Or or at the end of today, if Cortez Masto loses and Kelly wins, then again, it's all on Georgia. But looking very possible. I mean, I'm seeing forecasts this morning that say that like, you know, Senate is still, is still leaning Democrat. Obviously, Fetterman was a huge victory. That was a really that exciting rocked. pickup. That I mean, was fucking huge. awesome. That guy spent all his so much money in Pennsylvania, which you never know. And yeah, and this race, it wasn't as close, but it's really, really important that Josh Shapiro won for governor in Pennsylvania. That's huge for abortion Landslide. access. Yeah, abortion access was protected in so many places. Um, Michigan, Michigan was just like absolutely the fuck not. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, I mean, Michigan came through. Yeah. It's a really, really big deal, um, especially 
yeah, like for women in the Midwest, like you can get an abortion in Michigan. So mm-hmm. it's good. It's good. Illinois too, Pritzker won, which is important. South Dakota also expanded Medicaid. Finally, it's taken a decade. Wow. These are really big things. I think there's some ballot initiatives that also won in other places. Uh, DC eliminated the tipped minimum wage. Huge wow. for DC yep. restaurant workers. I want to give everybody a shout out for the organizing that must have taken to get that done. Weed in Maryland, and we flipped the governorship, mm-hmm. and they have yep. their first black governor, Wes Moore. Yes, and only the third black governor ever. Still no Yay. black women. Slus- really depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, like these, there were some really, really, really huge wins last night at, at the smaller level, and I, I cannot speak enough about the state house wins. Those, um, in uh, with in 2010, Obama lost about a thousand state house seats. That was unbelievable and it was catastrophic yeah. <laughs> it was catastrophic because that was a redistricting year i cannot say enough that in this this in this lame duck period the democratic house for as long as it exists has the opportunity to hand off possibly to a a a senate majority a real one of a whole seat should we be lucky enough and i'm putting that out there in the universe to manifest it if we could do that and we run in the Georgia runoff on repealing the Permanent Apportionment Act, I got to talk about the gerrymandering. It's so suppressive. It's so damaging. It probably killed Beto in Texas. If you spent a decade, two decades be having your vote suppressed by gerrymandering, you have disengaged from the process. Same thing in Florida that did oh, yeah. a ton of really damaging maps. The Supreme Court allowing a ton of damaged maps to run anyway, even though they were completely illegitimate. You just got to break the maps. And the only way to do that is to get rid of the 435 limit on the House. And if you do that, that throws, yes, it throws the maps into chaos, but it gives Democrats a huge chance to rewrite those maps and make them fairer. It's a lot harder to gerrymander when you've got an extra, let's say, just off the top of my head, 220 seats to put into play. That is a great place to pivot to where we're at with the House. So obviously, recent headlines predicted that Republicans could pick up dozens. I heard like 40 to 60 40. House seats. It doesn't look like that happened. I mean, recent predictions say, no. you know, like plus plus five if they do amazing for the rest of the day. Again, the fact that we're still discussing this, I don't know totally what's going to happen. Um, Democrats have held a lot of toss-up seats that they were expected to lose until this morning. Like it seemed like Democrats won every, like there were no embarrassments. There were nothing that we weren't expecting or cautioning about until kind of this morning. The Sean, Sean Patrick Maloney is not good. That's not great. I don't know how you, how Democrat loses Westchester County, but uh, I don't know. A lot, a lot to unpack there. A lot of people in Virginia held on. Spanberger, Wexton, Elaine Luria did lose her race, which is a bummer. Yeah. So did Tom Malinowski. I love him. Uh, that's a real bummer. Uh, maybe he'll come back. He, the, these two, that the Republican and Democrat in that race, they just like run back and forth against each other. Uh, <laughs> Alyssa Slocket in Michigan, who was endorsed by Liz Cheney, she won. So a lot of these, a lot of the seats that. That, that pundits were really saying, watch, this is good. If, if, if you see these go at the beginning of the night, it's going to be a bloodbath. And not a lot of them went. I know that Spamberger winning was the one that made me, was my first like, okay, this is not the night that I was going to be worried about. Like, that's not yes, what's right. happening. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but Lauren Boebert is fighting for her life in Colorado and we love to see it. I just made my my thing. I'm you know it's real when I make my little Instagram thing that's ready to go. That's when it's really being manifested. 
I know. Send her ass back to Shooter's Grill with her nasty husband. I just Bridget just sent me a tweet that was like um, her husband's probably exposing himself to an empty event space. Yes, Dude. um, I think it's Jess Dweck tweeted oh, of that. Course, of so course, it funny. is so funny. But yeah, what do you what do you uh, make of this night in the house, Caitlin? When did you sort of start to suspect that it was not going to be a rout, a bloodbath, a massacre? Um, I have to agree with the the Spanberger one. That was the first one that was like, first of all, it happened early. And one of the other things is like timing on these things is really, really big um, because people do. Let's just be honest. We all love winners. And people, when you start getting into momentum, one of the first things that happened was like you heard that Spanberger won early in that night. There was no question that she'd held her seat. It was called, wait, before 10? Like before like 10, uh, 10.30. Yeah, definitely. We knew that she'd held. So you had people relatively early in the night before evening news finding out that Democrats were holding in certain spots. Um, I mean, New York Democrats, it was a bad night. Um, yeah. There were some Democratic strongholds that had some bad, bad moments. And also and Democrats say, totally fumbled redistricting in the state, right? Yeah. Democrat, I want to say it's Democrats fumbled. This was a disaster in the making for a very long time. And the conservative Democrats who were like up Eric Adams' ass for like enjoying like the taste of that or whatever the fuck was going on. They are all responsible for the crime narrative because crime is not bad in New York. Okay. Someone who grew up here in the old, bad old 90s, let me tell you, y'all are good. Okay. This is the best. This is like people amazing. think it, I mean, it's wild because that's something I hear from relatives and just like random people all the time. They're always like, are you safe in New Like, whatever this narrative is about what's going on in New York is really. It's not real wild um and i will say that like that's kind of the one thing i think republicans can take away from this night is that the crime narrative as shitty and as not true as it is that is one place that turned out for them it did like new york was closer than it should have been because of crime mandela barnes ron johnson was able to label him as a defund the police guy there's obviously racial elements to that it's like, crime narratives are racist narratives. Yeah, and exactly. I can't express, like there's no time when you see a massive, like let's talk about Willie Horton. Let's talk about how that undermined uh, in, in the nineties, there was a big, uh, Oh, there's crime, 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 crime. The crime bill that our beloved president uh, put <laughs> drove into law. These are all things that are responses about racism. These are about racist yeah. narratives. And no matter what happens, like Mandela Barnes running that far behind Tony Evers is not a function of them as candidates. It's a function of race and yeah. the way in which a lot of people decided that Tony Evers was safe and Mandela Barnes was a threat. And mm -hmm. it, that not being coded is, you know, like there's no way to avoid it. Like the crime narrative in New York, especially all I saw was a lot of people being like, crime, crime, crime is always white people. And I was like, Okay, but the actual people who are suffering are people in black and brown communities, and we're not like doing the shit. So it was really gross. Um, a lot of moderate conservative Dems in places where they've taken blow voters for granted have are dealing with the fallout. And also, Sean Patrick Maloney gutted himself. Like I've never seen someone shoot themselves in the foot so badly 
I'm not saying I'm okay with him losing because obviously every house seat counts, but that guy really fucked himself over and I do not feel bad for him. That's what you um, get. Agreed. And I will also say just on the crime thing, uh, here in LA, it looks like Rick Caruso is now maybe pulling ahead of Karen Bass, which he's a fake Democrat. He changed his party affiliation to Democrat. Katy Perry was like, I'm voting for Rick Caruso and Chris Pratt. Great. But that is also a crime and homelessness thing that he was able to pull. And Karen Bass is a black woman. Like, there's a lot that's going on there as well. So, um, yeah, it's just it's it. one of the scary takeaways from the night is that that racist crime narrative was an area where Republicans were able to be somewhat successful. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that what we've learned from this is that like there are really strong structural ways in which Democrats could possibly really reform the system. And now that I'm like, I'm just feeling so exhilarated because ultimately that means the decisions, the results of last night are a reflection of people making decisions that are actually tethered to reality, which we thought had not was not going to happen ever again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I thought that was over. I, I was not. I was like, unconvinced. Oh, what's like evidence? <laughs> like, oh, I guess I should listen to a person who has like facts. Well, it's like, like these oh, things are still. Crazy. It still does. It is still crazy when these still these things are close. And I remember it's like we really are split down basically in half. Like, just fortunately, but I don't think we are. I think when? that. I think that we we actually we're actually starting to see the fact that there's a massive propaganda machine. There's enormous spending disparities. I mean, Karen Bass is spending like what ten mil, and her opponent was spending Disgusting. ten times as much out of his personal yeah, fortune. Yeah, we talked all we talked all about this yesterday. But yeah, he has he has spent a hundred million dollars to create an entirely new reputation, and that is giving a roadmap to other rich assholes who want to do the same. And he's winning by this much. Yeah, just a smidgen. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. 
They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. As far as governor's races, I don't think there have been any Democratic catastrophes either that I can see yet. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer won. Kathy Hochul won. I, I I don't think that was as close as the sort of like nightmare scenarios were. Uh, Michelle Luan Grisham won in New Mexico. Tony Evers won. Prisker won in Illinois, I believe. In Minnesota, the, the guy won. Uh, Tim Waltz. Now we're watching Arizona really closely. No one has called this race. Right now, Democrat Katie Hobbs is in the lead, but it's a difference of about 30,000 votes. I believe it's a lot of outstanding votes. Uh, Excuse me. I believe a lot of the outstanding votes are from where else? Maricopa County, where ballot machines also weren't reading votes properly early in the day. These issues were sorted out and election officials have have stressed like how these ballots will be read by functioning machines and even if they have to like transport them there, I believe. But of course, Carrie Lake, we all we knew she was going to do this no matter what. Carrie Lake immediately capitalized uh, on this to set the stage for denying the outcome of this week's tally, saying it was part of a Democratic plot to stop her. If you watch her, you can tell she is scared and angry. I mean, the Arizona governor, like I believe Doug Ducey won by like a lot. Like this shouldn't really be hard for her. The fact that Katie Hobbs is ahead right now, and like everybody knows who Carrie Lake is. She had a ton of advantages in the fact that it's this close. I really, really hope Katie Hobbs pulls it off there. I'm going to make my one prediction. I'm going to get into the prediction game just for a second for Carrie Lake. I think that Carrie Lake is going to lose and then she is going to be Donald Trump's running mate on a Ooh, fraud ticket. Damn it. Anna, we both lost because she's going to lose. Can we and make she's sure not they can't the listen results. to this episode so they can't have that idea? And it's they, I, it's it's right there for the taking. She's going to lose. She's not going to accept the results. They're going to run together on a, the elections are rigged fraud ticket. She's exactly the type of person he needs, which is someone who's cuckoo bananas and would do whatever the fuck he wants. And then also he gets the added bonus of like this fake diversity card where now he has a woman of color with him to match Kamala. And she's also like a television personality. And that is my prediction. And I'm sorry for putting it out in the universe, but I think it was out in the universe already. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where this one's going. I mean, Mark Kelly's looking good. So I don't know if he's going to. Yeah. 
like if, if the down ticket votes will help her out there, but that's hopefully, that's also something that might take a couple days. Like I'm not sure how much, it seems like we might know the house soon. It was crazy for a period last night. They were like, this might come down to California determining the house or even like, I mean, I couldn't even have, you know, on my poetic justice bingo card, the idea of uh, Republicans losing the house because of Lauren Boebert. <laughs> that would just be we don't deserve that, do we? Maybe we do. Maybe that is exactly what we deserve. Yeah. God, I fucking hope she loses. Oh, that would be so sweet. I mean, if we could have, if Please. they can take down Madison and Lauren, and now we've just got Marjorie, Marjorie. hopefully not in power. That is a great benefit if Republicans do not win the House. I want to talk for a minute about Florida because this is definitely the exception to a lot of what we've been talking about. And I know it's so frustrating for organizers and young people there and, you know, like really proud Democrats there to hear the reaction when this happens, which is that Florida is a red state. Don't even bother. But it it just it, interestingly, you know, I was talking to me about this is that Florida is a place where it's like, think about who, you know, who moves to Florida. You know, it's not really like like they're go. It's just going to get it's just going to get redder and redder. I mean, Ron DeSantis won with well, 59. with Ron DeSantis's maps, it's certainly going to get redder and redder. Well, that's and the true. Fact There's that, that they, like aren't really actually allowing any of like the voting rights stuff that passed to take place. Like when I say Florida is a red state, I don't mean that because I think the population is all that that's what all the people yeah, in Florida believe. Not us, but there is always some reactions that are like, get out of there. Don't bother. Don't give them a dime. That Gen like, Z kid is from Florida, the Afro-Cuban yeah, yeah. kid that they elected. Hell yeah. So I love to see that. But it it's an uphill battle. I think we should start thinking about Florida kind of the way we think about Texas, which is that like Democratic voters and the ability for it to be blue are there. But we are fighting some really, really serious structural things that are going on in that state. And until, honestly, we can get a governor in there to fix what's going on, it's going to be really hard for it not to be red. This, this tonight was, last night, oh my God, I, that's what I get for staying up till five in the morning. Um, it, it, this is a sign like voting rights legislation has to be a top priority and we need to break a lot of these systems, we need to start talking about affirmative turnout and not just like, oh, you know, you can't put this in the way to stop voting. Like you should be actively trying to get your turn up as your turnout as high as possible. We should be setting rewards for states that maximize their turnout, make it easiest to vote. And we should be using the section section two of the 14th Amendment. I know I'm obsessed with the 14th Amendment. It's the best amendment. OK, um, <laughs> Section two of the 14th Amendment says that any state that declines the voting rights of its population can have its delegation decreased by the amount of votes that are suppressed. It is time for us to put that in action. I don't want to hear it anymore. Let's fuck with these people who are fucking with our right to vote. Mm -hmm. It's just true. Like if Florida has to pay penalties for every voter who doesn't turn out, who is eligible to turn out, you will see that state change. Those are sort of the main things we had to talk about today. There are obviously some more historic ones. There's the governor of Massachusetts, the first woman elected to be a governor. They did have a woman for a short stint that I forgot about. Her name was Jane Swift, and she was actually the first governor to give birth in office to Vermont. Oh. I was waiting for everyone to realize Massachusetts governor is gay too, right? Yes. She's yes. queer. Lots yeah. of lesbians She's last night. She made history with Oregon's new governor, 
I need to triple check this, but I think that did go to Tina Kotek and that was like not certain because that was like a weird three-way race. So just like, it's hard to overstate if you're talking to people who feel cynical or who are like, oh, but it looks like Democrats are losing. Like it is truly hard to overstate how many kind of like barriers there were. I mean, like in a sense, it sort of was a wave. It didn't necessarily overtake anything yet, but it definitely was a wave in its own sense. Hopefully we have more updates for you tomorrow. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Better Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.